Lions Podcast. I am your host here, Ben Miller, at Lions Westside on Twitter. If you've not done so already, as I say every time, get over there, give us a follow so we can keep you up to date with what's going on with the Lions. We are recording another podcast episode. Um, we are on all of your favorite streaming sites for uh, podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Anchor.fm. We are also on YouTube if you'd like to watch us live as well. Um, so go ahead and do that. But we have a fun one. Eh, eh, we have a one to talk about. We have uh, the Bears <laughs> versus the Lions and the one of the only games that the Lions can guarantee every year they will have in a primetime kind of zone. And that is the Thanksgiving game. And the one that a lot of people figured the Lions would get their first one of the season. I didn't, and I was right. The Lions did not get their first win. Um, and it was kind of a rough game. It was a rough game, to say the least. So let's get into it. We've got our two co-hosts here with me, as they always are. Jake and Austin is here. Uh, Jake, I'll start with you. How was your Thanksgiving? What'd you do? How was it? Uh, it was pretty good. Um, my brother, sister-in-law, and my uh, niece came over for Thanksgiving, and we just had a good time. Nice. What is your uh, favorite Thanksgiving um, dish? Uh, I like my mom's homemade mac and cheese, probably. Mm, okay. All it's right. the best uh, in the world. Nothing can beat it. Mac and cheese does not belong <laughs> at Thanksgiving dinner. There, yes, I said it. <laughs> well, okay, let's move it over to Austin. Then, Austin, how is your Thanksgiving <laughs> mac and cheeseless? <laughs> oh yeah, Thanksgiving was great. Uh, the whole family came over, and got together, and uh, yeah, so I mean, lots of fun. Good. Um, yeah, my Thanksgiving dish would. It's a, a very close one between green bean casserole and corn casserole. Okay. All right. I like I like all of them. Um, I'm not actually – this is a very hot take. Um, I don't like mac and cheese at all. I, I don't like it. It's just not for me. So I don't like mac and cheese. It doesn't deserve to be in Thanksgiving. It doesn't deserve to be on any meal in my book. So mac ben, and cheese can just If you had my eat. mom's mac and cheese, I think you would change your mind pretty listen, quickly. Listen, I'm all for free food. So if she wants to give me a little help and I'll give it a taste. But I'm not a, I'm not a mac and cheese guy. So we'll have to see on that one. Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk about the part of the Thanksgiving day that was probably the least fun for us. Um, and that was this game. Like I had said going into it, Lions were favored um, by quite a few people to get this first win of the season because Justin Fields was not in the game. The The Bears had been really struggling. There's some rumors about Matt Nagy getting fired, but he still had to play that game. And so there's a whole lot of turmoil going on over in the Bears. It was a perfect storm for the Lions to come out, play a good, even like a decent game and get their first win. But... That did not happen. That did not happen. Um, there was a lot of mistakes in this game with going all the way from coaching to players. Um, and, I mean, overall, like we've talked about in, in weeks before, that um, our offense couldn't really get moving. This wasn't a game where the offense literally just couldn't do a thing. Like, we 
he did, like Jared Goff was our, our starting quarterback this week and he did decent numbers um through the air it wasn't it wasn't tremendous by any means but he, he it, it was enough that it maybe could have won us the game and then the defense played okay that's what I mean that's what it was um the biggest thing that kept us from a win this game were the penalties um and yeah. we will definitely spend some time talking about mm-hmm. that but let's just get your base overview on this game um uh, Austin I'll start with you what I mean after watching this game and I think it also helps to be a couple days out from the game to have a little time to breathe from this game. How do you feel? Um, I'm sure it was different from how you felt originally directly after this game. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, right after the game, you know, you're just kind of disappointed. And, um, I mean, as as all Lions fans, we kind of know that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um get it a lot unfortunately um but yeah i mean now um i mean it's just another another learning experience that um you know we kind of have to use and you know add to the bag and you know keep moving forward um so yeah okay jake what about you what was your kind of initial reactions after this game and then kind of how are you feeling now about it Overall, I just feel like we lost a game that we should have won and that we could have won. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bears were a dumpster fire going into this game. There wasn't much to be said about that, mm-hmm. except there wasn't much good happening over there before the game. Mm-hmm. The Matt Nagy drama, the Justin Fields being injured. Um, but overall, I feel feel well. I know, and I don't. I you guys could disagree here, but I mean, it's pretty much a fact. The Bears have much better better talent than we do. Mm-hmm. And there's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Even with the injuries they had, they had better talent over there. Sure. I feel like I feel like they did a better job coaching. And yep. I feel like there was a lot of mistakes being made. But I feel like Andy Dalton over on that side did a great job considering the role he was put in. And on the Lions side, it, I feel like there were some good things. And then in the end, the penalties is what really – like topped it off i guess it yeah we had we really had two different two different drives where we were sitting there at third and 30 i mean two yeah. different drives not even just like one drive two and one of them we were in field goal range and it pushed us all the way back onto our side of the field and then took us out of field goal range and then we're sitting at third and 30 twice in one game we were sitting there at third and 30 now i want to hear i want to know what you guys think about this i feel like there's holding on every play, right? There's holding on every single play. And I think that the NFL refs that were there are a little bit to blame for this. It, some of it is due to coaching. And then some of it is also on the team where the guys that were holding mostly were those two newer, younger guys who are not really with the line a whole lot. So it, it, it kind of makes sense. I that mean, they would... Decker had, Decker had, had one, himself. Decker had one, Sewell had one, but then the other to the the center that we have Evan Brown and then our um, our guard that was filling I can't remember his name right now uh, Tommy Kramer he was also those two were the ones that kept getting the penalties the most though um, and I think that as an NFL referee I think after a while like you don't I mean, come on that was a lot to be calling a holding on uh, as. Austin and I just watched the Michigan Ohio State game 
there was a lot of holding that was not called in that game that yeah. if that was the Lions game, they it would have been pushing Ohio State back like 50 yards every single time they were on the field. So some of that is just kind of, okay, just keep it in your pocket, okay? Let them play a little bit. Um, but also, and this is something we have to talk about, because it's again, this is a that that's coaching. That's that's on coaching. Definitely. Um, you have to be able to keep your players accountable, and it didn't happen. And it's not the only instance in this game where there was bad and poor coaching. The play calling on offense, which is solely with Dan Campbell right now, has been atrocious. The screen passes, the whatever, just don't work. They're almost every single, almost every single pass that Jared Goff threw was less than like six yards from the line of scrimmage. And half of those were behind the line of scrimmage. He threw like three or four passes past six yards. I mean, come on, that's not good play calling. And I don't know whether that's Dan Campbell's just trying to, he doesn't trust Jared Goff throwing it downfield or he doesn't think he will. So he's trying to give it, you know, short. He might be just trying to fix things, but at the same time, you can't do that. Like you're going to get criticized for that. If anything, you got to, I understand you want to try to put your team in the best possible situation to get points. And it might work if you have DeAndre Swift in, if you have all those things. But as soon as DeAndre Swift went down, your game plan's got to change because you don't have the guy out of the backfield that can go and do a whole bunch of those catches and make people miss. You don't have that in DeAndre Swift anymore. So at that point, you got to rely on your next guy, who's TJ Hawkinson. Get him down the field and get some. Like he had a nice play at one point, like for like 20 something yards. You got to yeah. utilize the weapons that you have. You can't continue to do the same thing behind the line of scrimmage. When you don't have the players to do it, you just, it's not going to work. We don't have the players for that. Um, and I don't know if maybe, I mean, because let's be honest, something's got to change with that, right? Something has to change. We can't keep calling games with this kind of play calling because they're not, they're not calling plays to completely succeed. They're, they're calling plays to not lose. And then as soon as there's a mistake, yeah then you're going to lose. Um, so do you think that the issue is all with Dan Campbell? Do you think that um, maybe Anthony Lynn should get the play calling duties back because Dan Campbell's just not doing it? Or do you think it's Dan Campbell might be able to do it? He just doesn't trust the team right now and the players that he's got. Austin, I'll start with you. What, what do you think is the issue here with these plays that he's calling and how do we get it to be fixed? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a combination of everything, right? So we've got, you know, on the one hand, we've got Campbell, who's, you know, first-time head coach. Yep, first-time uh, play first caller, time, too. Yeah, yeah, first time ever calling, you know, offensive plays. Um, so he's kind of, you know, he's got to feel that out. He's got to, you know, kind of get a grip, get a grip on that. And then on the other hand, we've got Goff, who I, I – I, I don't know what his deal is, you know, like, I don't know whether it's, you know, Campbell doesn't trust him or, um, he really like, he really can't make those throws or, you know, what it is. But, um, I mean, we had some success when, uh, we were able to get some crossing routes and, you know, 
get Hawkinson sitting in the middle there, and mm-hmm. you know we were able to get some, you know, little chunk plays. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, you know, if that's what we have to do, that's what we have to do. We can kind of, you know, dink and dunk our way down the field, but mm-hmm. we can't have any more of these crappy, you know, three yards behind the line of scrimmage and then not even have anybody out in front of him blocking. Right. So he just gets tackled right behind the line of scrimmage. That's right. that's the biggest thing that kind of grinds my gears and gets me mad when they and, try and call those dumb plays. Yeah, and if you remember at like the beginning of the season, before every team knew what the Lions were doing, we were able to move the ball down the field relatively well because mm-hmm. we had the threat of the guys on the outside. Recently, we had not done that. I think... Possibly with the acquisition of Josh Reynolds, we're starting to maybe get that. You could kind of see a little bit of that chemistry between him and Jared Goff. He pushed the ball a little bit further downfield this time, trying to get the ball to Josh Reynolds. He trusted him a little bit more. Um, So maybe we can start to see it, you know, more and more. And then maybe if we can get (laughs) some of these guys healthy coming back and, um, you know, like Quintez Cephas or whatever, hopefully I don't, you know, Maybe there's a possibility that we can get somebody back to also take and maybe Amon Rob can step up a little bit more. If we can get kind of that outside threat again, maybe we can get back to even doing the dink and dunk plays to, you know, where our entire defense that's getting stacked up against us is sitting right in the middle of the field because they know that's where we're going because we can't throw it outside. You know, that's all they're doing. They're just sitting on the, all the linebackers are sitting right there. Cause they know it's either going to come to me or they're going to run the ball. So, you know, when they can limit one thing, it makes it so much easier. So maybe we can get going again, but I don't know. I, it's, it's difficult. Jake, what about you? Where do you think this uh, issue resides and how does it get fixed? I, I feel like I agree with Austin here where it's a little bit of everything, but a little a little bit of everything is like a lot of bit of everything, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, uh, Dan Campbell does not have the talent to really succeed in play calling. I feel like, mm-hmm. and now that Deandre Swift is questionable with his injury, it's, it's, it, it's going to be a mess. And, um, he doesn't trust Jared Goff. And I don't feel like any of us do as lions fans. Mm-hmm. We don't trust our wide receivers yet because, the best one we got now is Josh Reynolds, and right. he's he's not a wide receiver one in the NFL. No, and our offensive line is banged up really bad, and but they're still managing. But I feel like it's and Dan Campbell should not be calling plays in my opinion. I mm-hmm. feel like Anthony Lynn should have that role, and I feel like he should be trusted with that again. Yeah. I feel Anthony Lynn was a head coach in the NFL for three seasons with the Chargers. And I don't think he was a bad one. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of their issues there, but I feel like overall he wasn't a horrible head coach there. Mm-hmm. And I I I'd like to see what he can do again for calling plays. And but if this was another year where we had talent, and that would be next year, I would trust Campbell more with calling plays with a different uh, quarterback. I maybe, but the thing is, Dan Campbell's job is not to uh, call plays; it's to be the head coach. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I I think that he's put he's putting himself in a role that he's not going to look good in. So I agree. I think I think he needs to step down a bit and chill out because we the season's over mm-hmm. and it's been over for since week two. It's right. been the season's been over for a long time, 
and it's time to think about who we got to just see who's going to make this spot next year and look ahead in the future mm-hmm. because right now it's just not looking good and we're 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 the definite one, number one pick until we win two games right now so yeah it's not and that's i don't see that happening so we just got to look at the draft and look ahead and see what we got on the roster right now for next year yeah I, so that's how i feel so with i mean well first off we talked about when dan campbell got hired right not really any um, head coaching experience besides his little bit of tenure with Miami when he went to do an interim head coach there. Um, and we talked about how are we going to grade his success, right? Because he's not a play caller. He's not a defensive guru. He's not an offensive guru. How are we going to grade him? And it was because he was going to surround himself with the people who do it best, right? And he's going to lean on them to make those decisions and plays. So with him taking those rolls away from Aylin. Do you see Aylin on the way out of out of Detroit after this year? Jake, I'll start with you. Oh yeah. I mean, he was given the spot to be the offensive coordinator and he got all those roles basically taken away. Right. So I see a new offensive coordinator coming in most definitely. Do I agree with that? Not really, because I, I would love to see a little bit more of Anthony Lynn considering he w- used to be a head coach in the NFL and he was a head coach of a team that went to the playoffs. So I would love to see what we can get from Anthony Lynn still, but I do not see him being an offensive coordinator again for okay. us. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of disagree with that. I think I'd be excited to have a new offensive guy come in who, you know, maybe we're getting a new quarterback that, you know, they can kind of groom under that specific yeah. guy. You know, maybe that's what we do, like- but I don't know. It's would, go ahead, Jake. I would like to see a younger position coach maybe get that role too. To, so mm. someone we can groom over time to become a really good offensive coordinator. Yeah, if we can and get if we can get the Aaron Glenn the of the offensive side, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe really maybe Deuce Staley can you know Deuce Staley's the running back coach right now, mm-hmm. and he's he's and he's, he's our assistant good. and he's our assistant head coach. Don't forget he's our assistant head coach. You know what if he. You know, maybe he's looking for offensive coordinator job and can move into that. I think that we need to probably be looking somewhere else. And I, I'd be excited mm-hmm. to kind of see a different offensive coordinator that maybe can gel a little bit more with what we're going to be doing on offense. Cause I think that's going to get the bulk of our attention this off season is our offense. Um, but I, I guess we have yet to see on that. Austin, are you kind of in the same I boat here? Yeah. I um, I mean, unless something drastic changes, I I don't see Aylin in here, you know, next season. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, I feel that Campbell should have, you know, let him have his mm-hmm. role this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first time head coach, I feel like he should have kept it sim- tried to keep it simple this season. Um. Honestly, I think he's got a, a little too much on his plate right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I he should have, you know, kind of leave it as it is and, uh, you know, focus on the small stuff right now, which mm-hmm. it, it let, with all the penalties that we've been having. I was about having, to say, let's move right into that. It doesn't look like that. So Yeah, let's move right into that. I, so besides just – the offense or the offensive holdings and all that. There were some penalties that we got on defense because we called like 
two timeouts in a row. If you're oh, an NFL God. head coach, oh my God. if you are an NFL head coach, you have to know the rules and you can't be doing stuff like that. We, I, like I we were, they were TV. third and nine. <laughs> they were third and nine and some kind of miscommunication happening on defense, which that in itself is not okay. And then we, a timeout gets called and they go back out on the field and somehow there's still miscommunication after a timeout was just called. And then they call another one. Which then puts them in a third and uh, four, because that's a f- you can't do that in the NFL. You can do it in college. You can't do that in the NFL. So then that go- puts them in third and four, and then the play call is atrocious. They're third and four, and they're playing back like ten yards. They're at the at the goal line when Chicago is at like the six or like you know within the ten yards into the end zone, and all of the defensive players. On wide receivers are sitting back at the goal line. They just needed four yards. How in the world do you expect to win games like that? That that's sloppy coaching, is what that is, and that and that falls on um, Aaron Glenn and Dan Campbell. Falls mainly mm-hmm. on Dan Campbell, but it's bad coaching. So I have another question here: Can we give Dan Campbell more excuses? We've done a lot of it this year. We've said it's his first year coaching. It's an, it's a bad team. All this we've said it before. You know we have. We've said it a lot. Can we keep giving Dan Campbell excuses, Austin? What do you think on it? Oh man, because at some point, wanna... the, at some point, those red flags start showing up, right? And yeah. it's still it's still a bad team. It's still first year coaching. It is a rebuild. But sometimes you got to listen to those red flags. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, I mean, the warning signs are kind of starting to pop up here, and uh, I mean, un- unless we see some major changes, you know, the rest of the season, they start to clean some stuff up. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but I-, I I don't see it happening, you know, with the big contract that he got, but um. His his seat might start to get a little hot, um, and I, I mean I, th- I don't personally I don't want it to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I I want to see him have success here and right, but things got to change. Yeah, and I think that with the front office, maybe they know you know that which is why he got such a long contract was because it is a rebuild. They're gonna have a tough time to do. But part of being a head coach is you got to be able to keep the fans somewhat on your side as well, right? And the whole fan base of the Detroit Lions has been awfully, awfully considerate with the year that we've had so far, right? I mean, even if even if we would have lost this game, but it was like a clean game, we didn't get all those crazy, awful penalties, didn't get, you know, poor coaching, I, I think we still would be like, Oh, another rough one there, but you know, they're still promised because the team's bad. Like this one's just red flag, red flag, red flag, you know? And the fans are just, they've had it. They've just about had it. Um, and that might start to get, it might, <laughs> I think it's the fans underneath the seat right now, warming up some pitchforks and some, you know, in the, in the lighters trying to get that seat warm it's we'll see. I think Dan Campbell is a guy who's very self-aware 
and knows what mm-hmm. he'll have to do to fix things, but we'll have to see it, right? Because he said it all throughout the all throughout the season is is something's not working. We're gonna have to go down and figure out what it is and fix it. Well, you've had time to do that and still nothing to show for it. So and, and like you said earlier this season, you know he's got a guy that you know watches his every move yep. and kind of writes everything down, and he gets. Campbell gets the report after the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to say it, but have we really seen, you know, many Who's changes so far? <laughs> right. Um, I'm, I mean, I just don't... to be fair, to be fair, we have seen changes in that he's not going for the fourth downs. He's not being as great. He's going much more conservative, which is why I, in kind of the back of my mind, I'm thinking he doesn't trust this team enough to play the way he wants, which he did at the beginning. Remember, super aggressive, wanting to go for it mm-hmm. on fourth downs, wanting to do those long passes. He's not doing that anymore. He's been very conservative because it wasn't working before. So maybe he's just trying something else and it's not working because of how bad the team is. So I'm still willing to give him time before I start saying anything like, you know, he's he's got to be heading towards the door, something like that. Because we, I do want to see what it's like when there's actually some talent on the team. But it's it's that thing where okay you got to start being like hey, this is kind of a red flag. You got to start getting some warning signals coming up, and we got to see some changes. Got to see yeah. some changes. But with how bad our team is, I think we need to we need to have a good give and take between the aggressive and yeah. the conservative. I agree. Right now, I think we're a little too far on the conservative side. Absolutely. Yeah, like I said, we're not playing games to be, you know, the winner. We're playing games to not lose. And that's yeah. not going to work with this team because they have to be aggressive in order to win, and they can't. Mm-hmm. Jake, what about you? Any any other thoughts on Dan Campbell? Uh, Too many, right? I, I, my head's going crazy right now, but we can't ignore the red, red flags because there's been a lot, and you got to hold them accountable. But holding him accountable doesn't mean firing him. I feel mm-hmm. like there's got to be some stuff that needs to be taken care of. He's not hes not in a good situation at all right now. I mean, Mm-mm. he's with the worst team talent-wise in the NFL. Yep. I, I, we still got to get him time. I mean, there's, he's, he's already pushed the panic button. I feel like when he, we really don't need to push the panic button, in my opinion, because – we're in a season where we know we're not going to win. We're we're not we know we're not going to go to playoffs. Obviously, we know we're not going to compete. What? We're not going to the playoffs. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but, since when? But, <laughs> Week uh, one. We know we're not competing <laughs> to win. And I, he's already pushed the panic button. He's calling offensive plays. It's not going well. He's making a lot of stupid mistakes. And mm-hmm. it's his first year. It's been eleven games he's coached. Why would we fire him? That makes no sense. But he's got to be held accountable. And knowing Dan Campbell and how he cares about this team, I think he will hold himself accountable and we'll see changes. It may not be this week. It may not be this season, but there will be changes. I'm pretty confident on that. Yeah. So I think, I think what you just said, I think, I think what you just said is, is a very true and telling fact. Um, and it's something that a lot of people have to realize is I don't think many coaches in this in this league would be able to come into this team right now and get many more wins than the Lions have. Um, I the see biggest, Belichick, but that's it. 
the biggest way that we're going to be able to see how committed Dan Campbell is to this team and whether or not he is the right coach is the changes that happened in the offseason. We're going to have to see what changes he makes to see how dedicated he really is to make sure things are different, right? Whether it's free agency, the draft, the aggressiveness there, and the the signings that we're going to have, and, you know, offensive coordinators like we talked about. You know, that's going to play a big part. If, if Anthony Lynn is gone, who we bring in is going to matter a lot, right? Because I'm assuming Dan Campbell's going to put it back on them. So we're going to want somebody who's going to be able to be very smart, can call the plays exactly what we need to with the players we've got. And, and then seeing those changes will really be able to start seeing what kind of coach Dan Campbell is, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, Guys, he, got, he got thrown into an awful situation for his first year. And a lot of people knew that, and it's a tough thing to start going through, you know, in a rebuild. And we said at the beginning, when we had full healthy roster, it was one of the least talented rosters in the league. Now with all of the injuries that we have, which it's a lot, we're still the worst in the league and by quite a lot. So I agree that um, we do need to give him some more time. And, and we are going to see after this season, what the real, Dan Campbell looks like to this team, right? So, do you guys think this offseason is the most important offseason in Detroit Lions history? I mean, this is important to Dan Campbell, the fan base, most definitely. Um, I'd say to the players that are already on this team, the veterans, the leaders. I feel like this offseason is going to be the most important one in history. It's it's the make or break. I feel like it's a it's the start. It's a start to something new, and if we mess it up, it's oh, it, it it Dan Campbell Dan Campbell's job. I feel like personally doesn't rely on how we played this season, but it's how we do in the off season with the free agency draft and trading. I think that's how I feel. I think that the next two years are the most important yeah. by far. Um, this year is going to get us to start to get going. However, next year, and I'm going to say this for everyone who's listening, which I don't know how many are going to be listening, but it's going to be another bad year. I don't think it's going to be as bad as this by far, but it's going to be another bad year. We're going to be at the lower end of the standings. We're going to have a lot of losses. However, that's what a rebuild is. You're going to have a rough couple of years, and then you start then you start seeing the fruits of your labor once all of these guys start coming in. So the next the two brown. years... What's that? Look at the Browns. They went. Look at the Browns. They went one and fifteen, zero and sixteen. Yep. They had some talent with Miles Garrett. He was looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. When they, after the season they went one and fifteen, and look at them now. They have a lot of talent and yeah. they they're playoff contenders. Yep. And I feel like we got to compare ourselves to the Browns a bit, which I don't like doing. But they were the laughing stock, and we're the laughing stock. And they they took the rebuild seriously, and I feel like we're going to do a better job than they did. I'm excited, but it honestly, the most important decision in the off season for the fan base is what they do at the number one pick. Well, we'll talk about that plenty. We have plenty of time to talk. about. Oh yeah. That is going to be, that's going to be a discussion. We are going to have all the way up until that draft day. So that'll be fun. That's for future us. Beat like I, a hammer I, I, I hate to talk about the future. Well, actually, I'd love to talk about the future, but 
Yeah, we love to talk about draft, but that's not quite time. We still got. I'm just saying. We still got quite a season left. We gotta start looking though. We got that pick. Yep. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're starting to look. Me and Austin looked a whole lot at a at a top prospect this (laughs) last weekend. So yeah, we did. (laughs) All right. So here I have one more question with that, real quick. What does Dan Campbell need to do for the rest of this season in order to start regaining some trust in the fans? Because I talked about, like, the fans are the ones calling Campbell on the hot seat right now, right? What is it that he can do to start putting some faith back in the fans? Obviously, the most obvious answer is start winning, right? But the reality of that with our team, yeah, the reality of that with our team right now is very unlikely. So what does he have to do for the trust to start coming back? The biggest thing for me is a clean game, you know, you know, minimal, minimal penalties, uh, you know, no major blunders by him with trying to call two timeouts in a row, nothing like that. Um, you know, no major whoopsies on play calls or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just for me, you got to call a clean game. Okay. That's the biggest thing. Jake, what about you? For me, it's adjusting to the environment and changing your game plan. Ga- changing your game plan when necessary. I feel like what a lot of our problems have been is like we're the same team throughout the whole game, and there's not really much change. If there's any change, it's change like decreasing like change, in my opinion. So I want to see us adjust to the right environments and change throughout the game in a good way. I'd like to think that at least on defense, it seems like we're changing. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. rather well, right? Like most of the time, we're mm-hmm. doing rather well in the second half of games on defense. But I agree, the offense needs to make changes and yeah, and I was work I that. was pointing that to the offense mostly. Okay. I I would the defense was not in my mind there. Okay, yeah, no, I agree with both of those. I think that those would both um, signify some. Dan Campbell trying to get things changed. Um, I, it's a tough one, right? Because it's a bad team. His first year still coaching. It's going to have a lot of bumps and bruises, but I think he's got to start start doing like what you guys said, calling clean games and being able to adjust um, when things aren't going the way they're supposed to. Um, so that's really all I had on Dan Campbell. Do you guys have anything else that you wanted to throw in for this game or any other games this weekend? Um, little brother? Um Anything else from you over there, little brother? <laughs> I, I just I just want to mention one thing. Do you guys remember when we were talking about how we wanted Robert Sala to be our head coach? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. How would you guys I, – I just this is a what if, but how would you guys feel like the Lions would be in a situation where he's the head coach as of right now? It would have really depended on what he did with Matthew Stafford. Because Do you think he's, I don't think Stafford would still be uh, here though. No, it's that it, Stafford wouldn't be here even if Saleh was here. Mm-hmm. It'll. I don't know. It's difficult because it it's might not be the same GM too. Because Campbell and and Holmes came in together basically, and so it, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um. Yeah, but Stafford wanted out before that happened. So. He did, yeah. but he was also he also said that if he if. They asked him to stay. He would have. And if Sala wanted, I don't know if Sala would have, you know, really loved to see Stafford go. So I don't know. 
It'll be really. I feel like they would have traded him to someone else. It's a big what if. I, I yeah. yeah. I think maybe we might have gotten like the Teddy Bridgewater with the Carolina pick, <laughs> and then we could go down that whole rabbit hole. And so, I don't know. I don't. I think we probably would have done a little bit better, but I don't know. I don't like to say what if with hindsight because it's too easy. I think it was the right. It'd be different. Yeah, it was the right thing to do at the time, and I think that uh, they're still still going with what they think is the right thing to do, and I and I agree. Um, so let's look ahead. Let's look towards next week. We got Lions versus the Vikings. Oh gosh. This is going to be a bad week, Ben and Jake. Another week. Um, so, yeah, Lions are going to be coming off this rough game. They have a little extra time to practice because they played on, um, Thanksgiving and then, that was on uh, Thursday, so they had a couple extra days to rest, which they needed because they had a lot of people injured in the Thanksgiving game. Um, mm-hmm. So do you guys think the Lions have any chance? And if they do, how would they possibly have a chance in this game? What would they have to do? Uh, Austin, I'll start with you. Um, oh, gosh. Got to have a clean game. You know, No major penalties. Um, but I mean, the biggest thing is trying to stop Jefferson and Thielen and cook. I mean, theoretically, if you could shut down those three, you could win. Do I see us doing that? Absolutely not. Mm. Um, you try to shut one down and then, you know, the other two are just going to go off. So I, I don't see it happening. A big we, L this week. We almost beat the Vikings, though, last time we played. They won Without on a game-winning field goal. But we almost won. St- <laughs> Without Alvin Cook. <laughs> and Maybe. I don't understand how the other NFL teams have not realized this yet, but the Lions are not really good at stopping the run. The entire no, year that not. they've been like tested against the run, they've not come up well and yet teams are Boston Scott looked elite against us like I don't get that it's our defense every single week that somebody does a run it goes really well and yet they're not keying on that for some reason I don't I don't understand it because that's the key to success that I'm seeing on this like uh, there's plenty of ways I think our secondary is even better than our defensive front right now I mean our undrafted free agent Jerry Jacobs is playing Elite for an undrafted free agent. Um, Amani Awari. Amani, yeah, Amani O had one of the best picks I've ever seen him mm-hmm. have. I mean, we still got Tracy Walker back there. Our secondary oh, yeah. is the better part of our defense, and our front and our run defense has been really rough. And I'm really surprised that teams have not been keying on that. I, however, I feel like if Dalvin Cook plays, we will – be seeing that broadcast to us and we will a hundred percent see that weakness be exploded in uh, for this week because it's definitely a weak part for the lions and it's a huge advantage for the Vikings. Uh, Jake, what about you? Do you see any way the lions can pull this off? And if so, how? If Swift is healthy, I think we got a chance. That's a big one. Swift has to be healthy. Um, as of right now, he was uh, day-to-day, and mm-hmm. so we, that doesn't really say much, but 
Um, hopefully it's it's hopefully it's day to day stopping tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Um I think you know if he doesn't play it's gonna be really tough. I think we have some good running backs behind him. Yeah, I was gonna say Igwebike, I mean he came mm-hmm. in, he played, you know, pretty well. And yep. then I mean if Jefferson's healthy, he was playing really well too. So And and Jamal Williams is healthy. And, yeah. So I mean, the the only issue can... is Jamal Williams is not your big play guy, you know. No, he's the you know between the tackles mm-hmm. and that's gonna be about it. Yeah, just uh, not Justin Jefferson. Um, yeah, Justin Jefferson, right? No, no, no. Jamar Jefferson. Jamar Jamar Jefferson. Yeah. Um, he he had a great <laughs> playing Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he had a great first couple you know plays and then he got injured. So maybe if he can start to get healthy, maybe he'll be a semi decent replacement for Swift and have, you know, Williams there as well. And plus Igwebuke, maybe we can, you know, still, I, I just think that Deandre Swift is our best asset on offense right now. And it, it's very tough to win a game with our offense as is anyway, let alone without their best weapon. So I don't, I don't see us have any chance against this one though. I, Especially I if say, Swift is out. I want to say one thing. Sure. I think, Sometimes having Swift actually hurts us because Campbell tries to get him the ball too much at points. We'll, well see less of that next year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that even if he is out, you know that you know it's, it's still a huge loss to us. But if Campbell can try and spread the ball out, try to get it to some other people, other people got to step up. That's the you know, thing. I, that's the thing. The other people have people to step up. People need to step up. And yep. I think that's why Dan Campbell's been leaning on Swift so much because he can trust that he's going to, you know, make the plays. He might have a couple where he gets stopped short or, or you know, whatever. But he's so electric that he's going to make plays. And, and that's kind of, in my eyes, why they keep going to him even kind of to more than an extent than what's needed um, because he is the best player on that team on the offense and he has to lean on him in order to get anything happening. Um, Cause I think if he didn't, which we might see this week uh, that the offense would be very stagnant and um, I w- it wouldn't surprise me at all. And I'm not going to say it yet. Cause that's going to be my one thing. I think I know, but yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see for sure what the um, outcome of Swift is for this game and what kind of effect it has. So Let's move right into it then. Let's do the thing that we think we know for this game, Lions versus Vikings. Uh, Jake, I'll start with you. What's the one thing that you think you know for this game? Jamar, uh, not Jamar, Justin Jefferson. We got Jeff, different Jeffersons stuck in my head, but Justin Jefferson uh, gets 150 receiving yards. Okay. Awesome. What about you? Oh. Cook goes for at least 200 yards. Okay. Ooh, that's a stretch. I think if um, DeAndre Swift does not play, the Lions will not get 200 yards of offense total. I don't um, think they would if DeAndre Swift was playing. He's gotten 100 <laughs> yards the past couple uh, past past three couple games. games or so. Yeah. And then all you got to do is get a couple, you know, total yards. I'm not talking, you know, just rushing or whatever. I'm talking just total yards. So It's I, a stretch anyway we'll see we'll see how it goes but i think that it's going to be a pretty rough offensive showing for the lions if 
especially if DeAndre Swift is not playing. But I think either way, it's going to be kind of a rough one for him. But we'll see. And we're all just going to keep hoping and praying that the Lions get their first win against Seattle. And uh, we're just going to leave it at that. And uh, as always, we're going to make sure that you guys are following the podcast. If you haven't done so already, like I said, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and our anchor.fm site. So we are also on YouTube now. Make sure to go on there, give us a follow, leave us a comment, and leave us a rate. But until next time, go Lions! We are not.